Welcome back to another episode of Inside Voices, a teacher podcast made by teachers for teachers. I'm your host, David. And I'm Laura. And remember, in here, we use our inside voices. So this week, we're going to be speaking about pupil voice, something that is spoken about quite a lot. But I don't know that everyone has a full understanding of it. And when I was looking into this subject myself, I feel like my understanding has grown a little bit. To kick us off, Laura, do you have a definition off the top of your head of what pupil voice is? Or is it something that's a bit airy-fairy to you? Like what? I don't know if there's, you know, obviously pupil voice is listening to people's voices about, you know, they have their say in education, how it's run and what's going on. But also you kind of think in terms of the outcome of pupil voice, that bit can be a wee bit of a grey yeah. area. You know, you can say pupil voice and listen to the pupil voice, but then what do you do with that? Yeah. You know, that's the bit that's a bit grey. I wonder how many times we're going to say pupil voice in this episode. We should get like a counter going. <laughs> it's going to be so annoying by the end of it. Probably the same amount of times as I say like and you say... What did I say again? <laughs> What I can't it? remember either. Kind of. That's kind what of. I said. Kind of. Kind of. Also, kind of, this kind is of. a little bit different for us. We are filming in the morning, so my voice is literally sounding quite deep for once in my life. Um, so I think it's going to take us a little moment to wake up and actually get into this. But our subject today is something that is not controversial, but it's something that I feel is slightly misunderstood or misapplied in certain circumstances and I'll give you a reason why I was doing some reading over this and when you talk about pupil voice it was it's kind of a buzzword isn't it it's, yeah. it's one of those ones that pops up now and then um it rears its head every couple of years um and you know it's a big thing sometimes and sometimes it's not as big but I was reading uh, some academic articles on this, oh, actually. he was <laughs> digging out Google Scholar for this one. Do you know, I just think Google Scholar is like the best thing ever. See, when I was in university, I used it all the time. <laughs> the best thing ever is a bit of a reach. I, know, well, I can think of better things in my life. love an exaggeration. Like the pan of chocolate that's sitting on that table. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was doing some reading on it, and there's like a scale, right? This is quite intense, but there's like a scale of how invested you can get pupils in different tasks and call it pupil voice. So the article I was reading was like pupil voice is a farce basically because it's actually there's actually like 19 things that come under pupil voice and not every one of them is actually pupil voice and some of them are not sinister but some of them are like a bit shady and calling it pupil voice. Okay. So the la it's like a ladder, right? Ooh. So if you've got a notepad, if you're taking notes, you know. Who is taking notes for this? <laughs> People in the car are like... <laughs> Truly, who is taking notes? <laughs> Without the old notepad. Um, so the f like the best thing you can do for pupil voice, like the highest rung on the ladder, is called child-initiated and you share the decisions with the adults. So it's like a co-collective... So they're basically fully in charge yeah, until the decision. Yeah, until that final call is made, the children are like... That's like level one that's like tier one right and it goes down and down and down now i'm not saying any of these are better until you get to like the last ones which are a bit a bit bad but we're just talking gold standard with the first yeah, one the gold okay. standard yeah then you get child initiated decisions which is down below then you get adult initiated decisions that are then shared with the child okay then you get 
they can sometimes be consulted and then informed, which I think the majority of people voice yeah. actually comes into, and we'll talk about that in a, in a bit. Then you get, there's only four more, don't worry, I can I'm see like, your phone. I'm like, this is a long ladder. <laughs> We're at the, the top of skyscrapers by the time we get to the end of it. Um, so then you get assigned but informed. So it's like, you're told this, you're not really consulted on it, and you're, you're just going to do it, basically. There's one called decoration, which I don't really understand. So just pretending you're doing it essentially. Yeah, so if the other it's one is for decoration. Yeah, the other one is obviously you kind of heavily guiding. Mm -hmm. But if it's for decoration, it literally is. Oh, remember you had people voice? Yeah, and they're like, yeah, sure. But they actually <laughs> not a clue. No, didn't remotely have people voice. Yeah, and then the last one's called manipulation. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Savage. <laughs> Where you fully like manipulate the decisions that are going on in the class, but call it people voice. Which I think is a little how bit shady. Do you, but how do you get away with that? Like, how do you actually... I don't think it'd be that hard. <laughs> it's like, Fully speaking honestly. Speaking from experience. No, I'm no, kidding. I, I'm totally kidding. I don't think it'd be that hard. I know manipulation sounds quite that shady. That sounds quite intense, yeah. I think what it's meaning is you say, this is people voice, but actually what you've done is you've made all the decisions and then you've like told them about your choices and then they decide that choice. And you're right, like, okay. wow, well done. That was such a good choice. But and actually, you just, you've just suggest... suggested it yeah. heavily and told them. And actually, you can tell them and be like, All right, you should do this and you shouldn't really do the other thing. Like, that would be a bad decision, wouldn't it? Where would you say most of your experience of people voice comes in that ladder? I would say that kind of mid-tier um, one where you're looking at kind of, was it, to is that what it's called, tokenism? Um, no, consulted and informed. Consulted and informed. I better not say it's tokenism. Which I will get like sacked. <laughs> consulted and informed. Ask me that question again so that I can actually not say that because I do not <laughs> want fired. Okay. Which one do you feel that most of your experience of people voices come, where, where do you feel it comes on that ladder? I think that probably is the mid-tier one, the consulted. Is that consulted and informed? Consulted and consulted informed. Consulted and yeah. informed. So... Consulted and informed, probably the one I've had most experience of. But in saying that, the kind of higher tier ones, I'm struggling to see how that would work in principle. Mm. Like when you're explaining that one, I'm thinking, how realistically does that work in a classroom when you've got things to do? Yeah. Like that sounds terrible, but you know, you've got a curriculum to get through, you've got events to do, you've got a classroom to run. There's yeah. 34 kids. That's what it feels like sometimes. But you know, you've got a whole like, class of We do not have class tone. sizes of 34. <laughs> I don't know why I actually said that. Um, I think it's because we've not woken up yet. <laughs> I've not finished my coffee yet. <laughs> I just so told cool, you nine rungs of a ladder and you've remembered like none of them. But it's I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. But where do you fit that top tier? You know, where do you fit those ones in? How do you have time for that? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to get to... We're going to get to that in a second. Well, to, to be honest, towards the end of the episode, we're going to talk about the, the negatives and the benefits of people voice and we're going to weigh up and see if it is just tokenism or whether we can uh, put more of those child initiated things um, into our own practice but I think you're right I think most of the things that we experience are consulted in a form so you're talking yeah. like people council you go and do that and then they consult the rest of the children and then they come back because it is hard to get people voice of 500 people or of course, 600 people or however big yeah. your school is so in a sense it does have to work like a democracy sometimes but within your class I think you can do more to the higher rung Yeah and if you think things. of like an, a standard workplace right you think of a place of work of anybody realistically 
if it was employee voice, right? I'm not talking about yeah. in teachers. I'm talking about like if you worked in a bank or if you worked in an office, like in a marketing office, whatever. Mm-hmm. Realistically, right? Who's doing employee voice? And it's like, yeah, you can tell me what I'm doing. Yeah. And, you know, you tell the boss what you're doing. Like that or what everybody else should be doing that's just not really the way the world works like yeah. consulted and informed surely is the way that voicing opinions and voicing how to make things better works for everything not necessarily just people voice like surely that is across the board how really the world operates yeah the majority of the time that's true um i think the argument then comes to when i was reading about this the argument comes that you should be consulting all stakeholders and education. So um, most of the research that was done considered all stakeholders like parents and, mm-hmm. and it was Americans, so it was like school boards yeah. and things like that. Um, teachers, head teachers, management, and then the least consulted stakeholder would be the, the children. But actually they are the ones that have the most stake held, if that makes sense. Like it is the most important for them. Like education is yeah. built for them. But and they so have the, the argument, least amount of say. The argument is that they should have more of a say. Not that they have all the say, but they should have more of a say in how their education goes. Now, there's pros and cons to that and we can get to the balance of it at the end. But I think it's an interesting argument and I think we have to steer away from tokenism uh, as much as possible if we're going to make this work. So I wanted to get on to how we push people voice forward in an effective way and how it can be something that we can just take into our classes and start to implement as easily um, as possible. But I think before you even think about doing that, you have to see what the benefit is for yourself. Yeah. Don't agree? Like you have to know that it is something that's going to be valuable. Yeah. So is there a way that people voice enhances learning for you in any way like how do you think it actually brings value to i think education? as adults though we see that well obviously we see things extremely differently yeah. to how children see things and sometimes it works in the classroom to just say do you like this like do you how can we make the, this better that, that gives me the fear you know we do <laughs> we do converse like learner conversations with them and i think some of the points they raise are really interesting for example we were doing ones about um maths the other day that's what we're talking about and I said, no, what's your favourite way that we learn? Or tell me your favourite thing that we do. And we're talking about that. And actually a lot of them said they really like sitting and writing down their answers. And they really like working from a textbook. And that took me by surprise because wow. we do that once, twice a week, usually. Everything else, we do like stations on a like. Oh, we do stations. We don't do like stations. We, <laughs> we do, do like stations. stations on a like There's Monday. nothing like it. It is a station, okay? <laughs> we do stations on a Monday religiously like that is our monday routine we will do stations on a monday and then we'll do written on a tuesday usually kind of building on the concept from the monday mm-hmm. wednesday i do a split task so half active half with me and then thursday is play so that's what we're doing on fridays um like mental maths arithmetic. Friday's friday <laughs> friday's friday it's arithmetic mental maths day right that's my whole math schedule that i really wasn't expecting that completely different than mine but okay. they, they said they preferred it and i don't know if it's Maybe just the structure. If I took out the active maths day the day before, the station day where they kind of initially get the concept, Mm -hmm. would they change their mind? But a lot of them said they just like being able to sit and it's peaceful and it's quiet and they're able to just get through something. And that just kind of, I didn't expect it. So I think little snippets of information like that where you might think, this is really great. This is what they love because this is what I'm told they love. And then the children are actually like, no, 
I'm not that bothered about it. Yeah. So that really is when it makes sense. So, you know, you're being told you should be doing all these things in practice, but then the children are like, well, I don't actually like it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it is useful yeah. in that sense. It is so useful. And sometimes they're brutally honest, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Although <laughs> sometimes like- they do. <laughs> sometimes they also just like... I remember it. I have, I have said this to my mentor teacher for my probation year. I've told her about this, that in my probation year, um, so you know how like, the children are taken to discuss things you're doing in class, like that's people voice, they go and they speak about things. And they were asked about, I think it was a writing targets or something. They were asked about writing targets. It was my probation year. I didn't have a scooby what writing targets <laughs> were. Right? I truly had never seen the sheet in my entire life. Yep. Every single one of them lied. Lied. Bare face line. They went, we use them every week, all the time. And I got praised for it. And I was like, I don't know what, I don't know what, this is. I don't know what they are. So I had to go to my mentor and be like, look, this is really embarrassing, but I don't know what they are. I've never used them yeah. at all. But these kids truly just love went, it. yeah, all the time. I love using the writing targets. <laughs> totally like had my back. I'm yeah. like, I swear I didn't tell them to lie. Like I did not ask them to do that. <laughs> did you see that TikTok the other day? And it was like a teacher. I can't remember if it went like viral or not, but it was a teacher. The caption was like, me when I get observed, or me in my class after I get observed and they put on the performance of their life. And like, <laughs> yeah. she's like walking about and she's like, thank you for the Oscar. <laughs> like, sometimes they are good. Sometimes they back up. Sometimes they throw you under the bus. It's hilarious. Um, but you mentioned something there that was quite interesting because I'd noted down a point that one of the main things that People Voice is supposed to bring is a sense of like ownership and responsibility over your own learning now whether the children know that or not necessarily as they are younger maybe when they get to the kind of older years of primary school they do or into high school as well but when you have like a kind of kind of (laughs) that was the first i think that's the first one that's the first one i've not tallied any others um when you have a sense of ownership over your and leadership over your learning and over your environment over your school experience it makes you buy in a little bit more yeah that's the theory anyway i don't know if that works in practice or not but it makes you Feel more, feel part of the community yeah. more, feel like you've got a say, feel like you're being heard, that kind of thing. And as a teacher, you have the leverage of saying, well, you chose this. Yeah. You know, you chose to do this. Yeah. <laughs> you chose textbooks five days a week. <laughs> you said you really like textbook work. What do you yeah. mean you don't want to do it every waking minute of the day? Yeah. But you know, like we're talking about classrooms, but also like people voice is a big thing in, in the wider school. And I remember, this is like a wee personal, I remember in primary school, we had a people council and that was really like I don't know if there was much more people voice back then apart from the people council yeah we I think we only had people council but I don't even remember what I did in the people council to be honest so I was actually in it twice of course Um, so in primary five I was a member did you know it was Jack and the Beanstalk (laughs) (laughs) I was the leader in the nativity as well and I had a solo in the car um (laughs) in a shopping (laughs) centre never made it into the football team but the yeah, the people council was, I don't really remember going, when I was in primary five, I was a member, I don't remember affecting much, I just remember turning up and everyone being like, can we get them in pill? No, you just Every wanted badges, minutes. I just wanted the badge. I just wanted a class. Like, I that wanted was, the yeah. little badge that said people council, yeah, exactly. that was my dream. But in primary seven, um, well in primary five, I stood up and gave a speech that I wasn't planning on giving, I basically stole my sister's speech. She was in primary <laughs> seven, she, she practiced it that morning and I thought, I'm going to have that, gave the speech. I got in and she didn't. 
You ruined her primary seven chances of people council. But then in primary seven, again, I wasn't really going to run. And then, do you know what? I did everything last minute. I got up and ran and he became the chairman of the people council. Do you know, I actually had a personal assistant. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I don't think that was actually her official title, but she called me her personal assistant. No. She called herself my personal assistant and we just ran with it. Robin, if you're listening, you did a great job. <laughs> but that like gave me, I felt that the power was in my hands. I was like the chairman of the people council. Now, did I actually do anything with that power? No. All we ever did was want more playground equipment and want a swimming pool. And none of that ever happened. Like, I don't actually remember. Like, Where are we going to put a swimming pool? The head teacher sat in on these people council meetings and I think we literally... Did. I can't remember one single thing that we changed about the school. I think it was real tokenism. Like I sat there with like a full. But to be fair, how how do you respond to can we have a swimming pool? Like I know the I think... answer is no. <laughs> There's not much else I can do about that. I just don't think we had much. And I think I remember thinking being like on the head teacher's side, like oh my goodness, these kids don't know what they're talking about. Like they... <laughs> <laughs> These kids just don't have a clue, of course, oh. not getting a swimming pool. But that, I, I suppose that made me buy in in Primary 7 because I was yeah, like... you were a bit more invested. Yeah, I was kind of fed up with school by that point. I wanted to go to high school, but that actually gave me something to be like, oh, I'm, I can actually change something here. I've actually got a little bit of yeah. the powers in my hands. And I, I probably realised that I couldn't actually change anything, but it felt good. I don't know. Um, were you in the pool council? I just said I was. But like, were you in a management <laughs> position? <laughs> we didn't have management positions. We were just a pupil council. But I truly, all I could tell you is that I got a badge. Couldn't tell you a single Did you go to the thing. meetings like during school? Yeah, I did enjoy that. Getting out of school was like class was quite fun. But I don't remember what we did. We did something about fruit. I remember that. Oh yeah, there's like always some fruit, fruit initiative. We yeah. did a fruit tuck shop thing. Like right. we did a healthy tuck shop. No one bought And we it. used to run a healthy tuck shop at like, whatever time before break yeah. and I had these disgusting like dried fruit roll up things but not fruit winders like it was like a stick of dried fruit truly would have broken your tooth like yeah. gross and breakfast bars and all but that but you're, you're talking like we were Jamie Oliver days oh do you remember yeah. when he came in and like yeah, changed everything I hated him <laughs> we charged 5p for a breakfast bar and I'm sitting there thinking I'm running like an empire <laughs> demanding my staff to work through the line faster yeah. I'm like come on We've got a queue of people here. Yeah, I think um, one of the, like, talking about that, like, talk shops, it's like, like, one of the things that People Voice definitely does is it improves leadership skills. I mean, if you give children a little bit of power at the start, you can see how it goes to their head, like, immediately. It <laughs> fully did for me, but actually, <laughs> yeah. one of, it still has. One of the things you can do with that is you can actually foster skills, like, in that role. You can start to show how to be a better leader. Yeah. things through those um, that's more wider school though rather than you know in your class I think within your class one of the things that we've spoken about is obviously ownership and responsibility but I think self-confidence yeah definitely a little bit when you include people voice have you seen that in your children in your class have you seen examples of people kind of growing into themselves a little bit more you've got a kind of, you've got a kind of Oh, You've no. got a stage that is very transitory in yeah. that sense. I think you do see a massive difference. I mean, I said this the last a few episodes ago that the stage I'm teaching, year three, primary four, I do think you see a massive change in them. This kind of half of the year, you see a huge difference. I think you're saying kind of quite but, a lot as well, by the way. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. Now it's all I'm going to be able to think about. But I think you see a massive difference in them in that second half of the year. But one of the things that I quite like in my classes people voice I would encourage them to challenge me and I've said this before but I think if you're creating that environment where it's not just I'm the teacher and you listen to me I do say to them you know if I for example read a situation wrong or you think you um, could be doing slightly different work or you're maybe not sure about the way we're working I want you to challenge me and you can teach them how to do that respectfully because a lot of the time children maybe aren't taught how to disagree respectfully or how mm -hmm. to challenge someone respectfully and that way when you're not responding angrily and saying what do you mean you don't let you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and making them feel bad for having their opinions they then have the confidence to kind of take that further into their life to be able to say you know challenge opinions and challenge people's thoughts and challenge their own thoughts and do that respectfully so without losing any relationships or losing any friendships and I think that's something that I don't know, I'm not going to say, you know, it's all down to me, like, woo, that's mm. all my doing, because it's not, they're getting older, they're maturing, you, like you all those things, <laughs> but no, <laughs> I do see that kind of relaxed atmosphere in the classroom from it, that mm -hmm. no one's coming up to me saying, can I try harder work, like really nervous about it, or just sitting there whizzing through their work and not saying anything to me they'll yep. quite happily come and say oh can I try something trickier next time and um, we'll have a chat about it we'll look at their work so you know sometimes they might say can I try something trickier next time you look at like, the work and you're no like thanks. oh maybe not ready for that yet <laughs> yeah. but then I can bring them back and explain that decision they're like okay and they know next steps for the next time yep. so I think that that type of people voice and fostering that in your classroom is really beneficial because that just gives you that kind of respect to two-way street isn't it it's yep. not just demanding that they respect you do you ever think you can get too much people voice do you think you can get too much people voice i mean if you were letting them run the entire day <laughs> you know if you said what do you want to do today yeah you decide yeah. it's not a yes day it's a balance, you know isn't it's, it? it's yeah. a school like you have to make the decisions at some point yeah exactly um and we'll get to that at the end that's quite a big debate to be honest um between educators whether people voice is actually beneficial or whether it as actually yep. just taken away from learning. So if you were to speak to someone who'd never used People Voice as a tool before and you wanted to say, well, maybe you had a student or something or maybe it was a, 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 a new teacher or what do you call it in England, an ECT or something. And yep. you want to think, right, I want to actually implement this into my week. I want to think about how I could get children engaging more in their own decisions and their learning and leading their learning how would you start? I would start with just an open sort of forum, which okay. sounds like that would be really complex to sort of put in, but you could have a class suggestion box. You could have a wall where they go and add, you know, we've got the Wonder Wall. I'm not going to take credit for that because it definitely wasn't my idea, the Wonder Wall, but I quite like it mm -hmm. because it's just whiteboards and they can go and add whatever Isn't they would it? like. Like ours are just whiteboards in the back oh. um, and they can go and add things, but you know, a little class suggestion box or something, just your opinions box, something that's not going to take up your time in the sense that you don't need to pull children out and have a conversation. So you're not finding yep. extra time in your day that you're maybe already a little bit worried about. The children can just do it at their own pace, in their own time, and you can have a little look through it. And obviously that way you're then deciding, possibly in private, what kind of things you might take forward, what kind of things you yep. might not, and then discuss a couple of them. So we have like a morning meeting in the morning and at that point I would then take some of them and say okay someone's put this in let's have a chat about it what do we think yep. use that kind of, kind um, of listening and talking 
is it talking and listening or listening and talking? Because I get this the wrong way around every single time. Whichever way around it is. I don't think it matters. They listen and they talk. It's the same thing. But anyway, (laughs) that sort of time where you're having circle time, you know, if you're doing circle time, if you're at Uh that stage, or if you're just having discussion time at the end of the day or sharing time at the end of the day, just build that into it. And then that way they're not getting the full autonomy of it. You're kind of still in control. But I know. That actually fit in there, though. (laughs) You're still in control of the situation. Yeah. But you're sort of dipping your toes in. Yeah, and that just builds into your practice yeah. much more so that when you get to the point we're at is with the Wonderwall, I think we run it differently, to be honest. the way, And I'd be interested to hear how you run it because and we run it for our topics. Ah, so mine's is up the whole time and it's three whiteboards at the back of the room Okay, and they can just go and add like big questions, things they want to talk about at morning meeting, all of that. Okay, I mean, right now I've got three questions that have been there for three months and you're still pondering and nobody's <laughs> added anything else to it but it, you know if you want to add something to it like one of them was when are we going to learn our times tables and that was what they was put that up, you that put that up? <laughs> yeah that was me when are we going to learn these guys but they put that up in <laughs> when's it going to happen like october september october mm-hmm. and i was able to just go and say well that's planned in for december but if you want to learn start learning it now here's yeah. the tools you can use like go and do it if you want to use your own time for it yeah. that's fine so the way we work it is slightly different which I didn't realise until just then. Basically, what we do is we say, okay, we are going to start a new topic or an IDL, essentially is what it is. And Interdisciplinary we say, learning for those yeah, of you who... He loves an acronym. Sure. Um, and basically we say, okay, we're going to do a topic. So, for example, we this term had to do a Scottish-themed topic. Yeah. And I said to them, this is the broad umbrella. We have to do something based on Scotland because we're going to do Burns Day and we're going to do poems and all this stuff. What would you like to know about Scotland? Anything. What kind of things would you like to learn? That was quite scary, I'm not going to lie, because then I was like... But you've also only got six weeks to fit that all in. I know, well... Like our, our KWL was truly all over the place. Like, they wanted to do Wars of Independence, they wanted to do landscapes, they wanted to do islands, they wanted to say they wanted to do everything. And I was like, yeah. I don't even know what to call this topic, because it's everything. So, what I the way I worked it was, I got them all up on, on the wall. Like, they did little speech bubbles, and I put them all up in the Wonder Wall. And then I saw that there was, like, four or five or six that were roughly the same. Like, some people wanted to know about landscapes. Some people wanted to know about landmarks. Some people wanted to know about famous buildings and castles and things. So I thought, okay, there's something there. So we focused on... I kind of... We focused on (laughs) engineering landscapes. Like, we did bridges, and we did the Falkirk Wheel, and we did... Big landmarks. I'd love to know how your paper mache kelpies turned out. They're not done yet. Oh, I'm kind of terrified. He actually lies in his morning routine video, ladies and gentlemen. No, I said we were doing. We're making paper mache kelpies today. They've done half of them. They're just that takes a long time. (laughs) It does take a long time. (laughs) Okay, Um, we're not finished our mountains either. So, yeah, all of that, the kelpies, everything, but only like four or five people actually put that up out of a full class. So then what we do is like one of them was I wonder why Scotland's the best country, and I was like. Do you know what? How are we answering that question? How do you answer that question? Because <laughs> I was kind of thinking, is it? You know? <laughs> and then, It's a parliamentary debate. Yeah, so then there was lots of different questions that, we, like you said, that in your little morning meeting or whatever, we do a check-in in the morning, I could just go to one of them and say, okay, this question here about who was the first king of Scotland or whatever. Go and talk about it. Go discuss it or here's the iPad, so let's research it for five minutes and then we've found that out. Great. 
we don't have to do a full topic on yeah. that. Because we can't do a topic on every single no, child's no, no. interests in Scotland, unfortunately. We can cover a broad spectrum, but that is just a way to get... Like, they're consulted. Yeah. They input, and then I go and check it all, and then we create a topic out of it. And I have to try and match it to to our curriculum plan and our benchmarks. That can be quite difficult. That can be quite difficult. Yeah. So that's when you start to kind of... Kind of that's when you start to steer them <laughs> in the right direction sometimes, which is... Not great because then you are putting your thoughts into their yeah. head. I would Sometimes genuinely love to know how that gold standard one on the ladder works because I can't picture yeah. people voice anything other than the way that you've just described it. Like you do ask, but then you ultimately are the trained professional who has to be the kind of guidance in that. Because imagine you just came in and said, do what you want. Like I know that's not yeah. what people voice is, but if you just fully... I think I know that the top one, the kind of buck stops with the teacher or mm-hmm. buck stops with the adult, whoever it is. But it still, must, in principle, how does that work? It must be more school-wide stuff. Yeah. So I was reading uh, another article, which I didn't like, because this is how cheesy it got. This is why it's That's unhelpful. you're using your teacher voice. I know. This, this is why it's unhelpful, because some of them are really specific and they're like here's how to do it and it's great and it's helpful like we've just given examples there of how we run people voice in our class and that's really helpful because you can just go and take that and go this is what this article said right this oh is no hilarious. <laughs> how to, i'm not going to give the name of the person how to increase people voice be purposeful be committed be transparent be strategic be inclusive buzzword 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 it's like give How me some meat on the bones you know, know there's not really any I, I read it and I was like oh, I'm saying so that people probably listen to this podcast and think <laughs> the same give me thing. some meat on the bones <laughs> give me some information that's actually useful um how un- unhelpful is that like be purposeful be committed but be how do you like how do I be purposeful yeah. how do I be committed so annoying and also if you're being purposeful are is that really people voice then if like you're the one being purposeful and you're saying this is what you're using your people voice for. I think for. it's more like be purposeful in how you find out what, I don't know. <laughs> I was reading that, I was like, I don't know what this means. <laughs> I don't know what you That's mean so there, babes. Um, you mentioned, um, what do you call it, boxes, suggestion boxes and yeah. things. Have you done anything else? I mean, we've done surveys, things like that. Yeah. Is it? I mean, I think a lot of your people voice comes in live time anyway. I don't yeah. think a lot of your people voices, I mean, obviously, a lot of your people voice is pre-arranged things like surveys and suggestion boxes and things like that. But a lot of your people voice does just come from what comes from a conversation and mm. listening to it doesn't need to be a planned in. Here's your example of people voice. It can just be natural the conversations yeah. you have, you know, that yeah, like that natural one when you're going around the room, you're making way around the room or you speak to them in the morning and they yeah. say, oh, you know, I've got. Um, or I really liked, you know, at the end of the lesson, I really loved that way we worked in gym. Like, I really liked that gymnastic stations. Mm-hmm. Oh, would you like to do that again? Great, I'll keep that. I might, like, you know, it's a lot of it just comes from actually just chatting to your children, having yep. that sort of open forum that we spoke about and creating that culture where people voices is just embedded. It's not necessarily a thing that you go and do a survey for. Or you go and... Yeah. Obviously, there's a place for that. You need to have that because some things aren't naturally going to come up in conversation, you know, they're just not. Of course, yeah. So and they might not feel comfortable. Yeah, exactly. So you have to give them different ways, but a lot of it is just it's a culture. It's not necessarily a yeah. tech and checklist. That is some people listening to that must be thinking, oh. do But you like, probably do it and you just don't really realise. Yeah. I I for a while had to be more purposeful about it. Oh just 
<laughs> purposeful. I do understand. Me the I do understand what it means. <laughs> but I had to build it into my practice more at the start because it wasn't. I think when you're practice. starting out, though, you're trying to balance out so many things. Yeah, and you're trying to be like, I have to do this, and, and I have yeah, to do you're that, quite and it's me, vision. and I'm the teacher. And but rah. you're still learning, too, and you're quite yeah. tunnel vision of, I need to do this because I'm still learning. You very much, you know, stick to the plan. Yeah. Whereas when you gain that bit of experience, you're kind of like, I can take my time with this. I can do this. I can chop yeah. and change. It doesn't, it's not going to be the end of the world, you know? Exactly. And I think that can be a hard shift to... It's almost like relinquishing power a little bit. It's almost like you're giving over, oh, the pupils are going to decide stuff and I'm actually going to have to do it. And that can be a little bit scary, especially when you've been so rigid and you're, this is what we do in March. This is what we do in April. This is the assessment that we do after this. We, they want more outdoor learning. Sorry, no thanks. You know, they actually, they actually ask you stuff and then you have to enact it. You're like, oh. It can it can be, but I think if you're at a, if you have a stage of children that can be you can be honest with as well. You need to do that, so you need to be able mm-hmm. to say to them, you know, this is people voice, and I might not be able to do everything you're asking me to. You know, that's again Tough teaching <laughs> how to understand situations and how to yep. respectfully agree, respectfully disagree. All of those situations that are happening, you know, you might want something that the person next to you absolutely despises. Yep. You know, simple things like in gym, some of them hate football, some of them love football. There's not much I can do if they vote and say, we all want to play a game of football today for gym. Yep. If you don't like football, I'm sorry, I can't I can't do anything about that. It's what your classmates have chosen, so... Yep. And I think it's closely linked as well. Something you just mentioned there is interesting. I think it's closely linked to um, leading their learning. Yeah. And we build that in quite naturally. You spoke about your maths week, how that set, sets itself out. There's so many opportunities in there that they lead their own learning. Mm-hmm. Your stations, they're going to be choosing, I would imagine, they're going to be choosing a level of difficulty for their task, whether it's they push themselves or they chilly challenge or whatever it is, they're probably going to choose if they're doing play, they're doing their other stations and I guess so closely linked to that autonomy mm-hmm. and that I get to choose what I'm doing here. And it's interesting it's when you're talking about play, you. the autonomy situation that when I first started in play, I was kind of going, they're never going to get these tasks done. Like they're never going to do their tasks properly. Like this is mm-hmm. just so stressful. And you said, you know, when you first started, you're kind of like, I'm the teacher, I'm supposed to be in charge and I'm letting them choose what to do. It's yeah. so stressful. But actually, the only time I get uninterrupted time with a small group is during play. Because they have yep. so much autonomy to lead their own learning. Even when they're doing their tasks, they are far more likely to go and use the tools that are around the room to help them. Yeah ask a mini teacher, ask a friend, then they will to be to come and ask me. Whereas if you do writing and I'm sitting with a group of people doing writing, I will have a queue of people when I turn around to ask how to spell a word or mm-hmm. how to find a, you know, I can't find this word in the thesaurus, like all of those things. Whereas I did a thesaurus-based task for play and I didn't get asked a single question. And then when I marked it, they were all good. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. interesting. It is closely linked. Many teachers, what is that? Um, many teachers are just pupils who feel confident with a concept who then we've got lanyards because let's be real we love a lanyard especially (laughs) in primary four they love a lanyard we've got lanyards and on the back there's like question prompts so basically many teachers that idea of trying to build resilience and growth mindset that you actually don't need to come and ask the teacher you know every single time you can try 
and work through it with a friend. Try and work through it by looking at the things around you. Try and look back in your daughters, all of those things. Yeah. It also just buys you a wee bit of time. Um, some of my mini teachers take it very seriously, though. Like, really. Oh, yeah. Really As seriously. As if they're getting a salary for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to cut my wages soon. Yeah. Um, so we've spoken about the the balance that needs to be there. And I think people voice could be done really well or it could be done really, really badly, um, depending on which rung of the ladder you choose yep. to go on that we spoke about. The education sector itself can be the king of tick box exercises. Do you think pupil voice can become that? I think there's so much to do in teaching and in education that it can quite quickly be, oh, you know, I've forgotten to do such and such. I'll just, I'll, I'll do it now. Yep. And doing it quickly, not necessarily purposefully a tick box, but maybe a, I've forgotten to do that because there's a million other things that I need to mm -hmm. do. Again, I think it also comes back to people don't realise what they're doing is people voice. So the tick box maybe comes from the things that people think are really obvious people voice. Yeah. But actually, when you step back and look at it, it's embedded into a lot of what people do. It's just not maybe explicitly, explicitly referred to as people voice to your children in your class, like you don't say, this is you using your pupil voice yep. when you're having your morning meeting or when you're voting on what they want to do. Or you know, you don't explicitly say that, yep. but actually it's all embedded there and you are doing it. It's just, you sometimes think I need to do something that's really obviously pupil voice to them so that if I'm asked about it, yeah. they can say, oh yeah, I use my pupil voice when yeah. I, you know, so I don't know if it's tick box in the sense of everything, I think sometimes those really obvious ones can be, but I think people just do need to take that step back and say, you know, actually, yep. here's all the times I'm using people voice and I maybe just need to refer to it as that so the children are also aware this is me listening to what you're saying and this is me taking yep. on board your suggestions. The, the funny thing, I must be using it too explicitly in my class because <laughs> the kids use it all the time. It's hilarious. They're a bit older, but they like if I've got music on in the background and they don't like it or something, one of them the other day was like, this is against my pupil voice. <laughs> and <laughs> they were like, Taylor, Swift, Taylor Swift off. And I was like, no way. That's um, the best piano albums that you're getting. Exactly. Well, I, did, I had the actual songs on. Um, do you think there has, wh where does the balance come? I mean, some people don't listen to their children in their class at all. That would be quite old fashioned. We don't like... I'm the teacher, I'm the ruler, I'm the boss, I do this and, do you and you're so just going to... Do you anxiety doing that though? But also, some people are too easy and they go, oh yeah, well they wanted to do it and it was fun and la 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 la. Like it's... You still have a responsibility as an educator though. 100%. You're still employed to do certain things, whether it be get through certain aspects of the curriculum or, you know, you still have the responsibility of keeping children safe responsibility of all, making sure that you're actually getting it right for every single child and in doing that you know, it's not just letting every single child have a say in every single thing. That's unrealistic. Yeah. And I don't think that is what true pupil voice is. Pupil voice is going to change every single year, going to change with the children in your school. It's going to So if you're talking wider school community, you know, there's kids coming in and kids leaving all the time. Mm -hmm. It's going to change with every class you have. It's going to change with every subject. It could change week to week. It's constantly evolving and it's constantly changing. So I don't think... When you're thinking about a balance, what I see as a balance would be different because like you just said your children are really good at picking up that this is people voice, mm -hmm. whereas maybe in my classroom, that's not exactly the way that I do it. So what balance is right for me isn't going to be what balance is correctly for you because your yep. children are older as well. You know, they will have more experience of school and how it's 
working and things like that. Whereas mm. how my classroom works as well is not going to be the same as a year three class in England. Like it's it's not going to be yeah. a sort of one size fits all policy. Yeah, I think finding that balance is is quite tricky because I think naturally myself, I don't know about you, but I think naturally myself, I like to be a control freak. <laughs> and that's where I struggle with the balance. It has to go. I've planned this. I've put work into this. It has to go this way. And relinquishing that control almost is quite scary. I've got a curriculum to get through. Sorry. Like yeah. that's in my head. I'm like, I've got stuff to do. Because ultimately you're responsible for that. I, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm like accountable as well that these children learn all of this stuff. And then suddenly it's, you know, that took me a while to get over mm -hmm. and actually realised that, no, if you incorporate it, they can still learn all this stuff and build the skills that yeah. that we've spoken about. I read a good quote um, that sums this up a little bit. It says, pupil voice should not be idolised, but pupil voice could nevertheless be a powerful voice to depict the reality in schools and forge the way forward. Yeah. So what it's saying there. If you want is a truthful opinion, you've got to ask the kids. Basically, the kids will tell you it straight up and down. Um, That's true. And then that gives you just gives you more information to work with. Yeah. And to base your decisions off of, whether that's in the class or whether that's wider school or whether that is school community, the children are probably going to be the most honest. Always. People if you're looking in that for honesty, ask an eight-year-old. Um, and that then sometimes honesty is exactly what you need, and then that helps you forward to be forward. Whether you say Unless to they them, lie about writing targets. Yeah, exactly. But whether you say to them, no, actually that's unrealistic, and as the adult here, I know, I do know better. You know, I've lived longer. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. I'm the professional. Or whether you say, oh, we've actually been doing something that isn't fun or isn't yeah. engaging for them or they've not enjoyed it as much as I thought they did and I need to change my practice a little bit and being honest with yourself um, and that what was the pupil voice counter at was it three million how many times did we say it oh we put a tally on the screen <laughs> how many times did we say it I think it was probably close to like 450 times I keep or looking at myself in the monitor today like there's going to be so many clips of me like because <laughs> I keep catching myself every time I change it if you've been enjoying listening to the podcast, please leave a five-star positive review wherever you listen. We spend loads of our time listening to kids telling tales and it is finally our turn. So what is your tale of the week? So we know children can be brutally honest and some of the things that they say to you are really quite cutting. So I went to Instagram and I asked, what was the funniest thing that a child has said? You've got a couple of responses um, from listeners. If you want to be involved in telling tales, head over to our Instagrams. We'll always have polls up and you can always um, tell us some funny stories. Before we start these ones, what was the funniest thing a child's ever said to you? <laughs> my, my favourite one that really cut me deep. And actually, do you know what? I listened and I applied what they said and I changed my practice because <laughs> I was so deeply hurt was that one morning I was sitting, I think I asked them to come over to like go over maths or something. It was like, they were doing morning start and I was like, right, I'll just take this chance. He went, um, you've got dirt on your face. And I was like, oh, it's actually my, uh, my bronzer. <laughs> but okay, thank you. <laughs> That's the moment I realised she's not a cool toned bronzer kind no. of gal and she's to, <laughs> she's to blend better. <laughs> This child was truly just trying to be helpful and thought I had actually been out and slapped dirt. I mean, 
it was eight o'clock in the morning. Nine, eight o'clock? No, it wasn't. Nine o'clock in the morning. I've not gone out and like rolled in the mud, you know? Like, yeah. But apparently, that's what it looks like. <laughs> in tough mud. So I'd like to hope that my makeup <laughs> skills are a bit better now. They are just brutally honest. I remember. Never been told that since. I remember once I was sitting. At New Balance are cool. I wear okay. New Balance. I, I, I wear New Balance. Sure. All the time. <laughs> okay. And I have done quite religiously, and if they ever want to sponsor me, they can feel free. Yeah, but right? it's, a, it's not like those ones that are cool now. It's like the pavement crushers. Okay. <laughs> but these are like standard. They'll always kind of come back into fashion, no? Sure. <laughs> I hate this. Not, <laughs> I hate it you here. brought it up. <laughs> well, anyway, they were cool like five years ago, and this kid was sitting at my feet when I was doing the um, class novel, and he just turned and he was like, your shoes are not cool. <laughs> I was like... Excuse Savage. me. It was a non-uniform day. I was like, "Excuse me." That's rude. Um, this is not what I mean by people voice. Keep that one exactly. to yourself. Keep that to yourself. Thanks. <laughs> Here's one. Once I lost my voice. This is Instagram. Once, once I lost my voice, and a kid told me I sounded like the oldest woman in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were talking to the children in religious education, talking to the children about believing different things. And the teacher said, you know, you can believe I'm a Christian, I'm a Muslim. And one child piped up, I'm a transformer. <laughs> <laughs> of course they did. Like, this one's quite long, right? But it's quite funny at the end. Well, I think it's quite funny. It was around Halloween. And I was talking to the children about the Day of the Dead, the Mexican festival. Yeah. They were asking a lot of questions about death. I wanted to get them started on the task. So I said, quite flippantly, at the end of the day, we all die. <laughs> Okay. She's like, this is primary one. Yeah. I then had a people who kept coming up to me to ask what time it was. And when we were finishing school, I said, three o'clock is normal. And asked him why he kept asking me. He said, I want to say bye to my family before I die at the end of the day. At the end of the day, we all die. <laughs> Can you imagine the class sitting there like... <laughs> What? <laughs> oh well, I've got 37 yeah. minutes left. And he kept going up and saying, I want to say bye to my family. How tragic is that? What a shame. I just remembered another one from um, speaking about people voice. Um, we did all like our memories at the end of Primary 7 and did like a memory book and, and one of them was hilarious. Primary 5, I remember it. And there was a girl in my class and we were, all, we were talking about bullying and talking about relationships. It was one of those kind of social lessons. And the teacher was amazing. She was old school, like really old school. She was retired in that year and everything. And she suddenly she was like, you know, sometimes it's not very nice um, to treat people a certain way. And she just started screaming at one of the girls, like the nicest little girl in the class. <laughs> and was like, why did you speak to me like that? Blah, blah, blah. And, and the girl burst into tears. I showed and the teacher was like, oh, what have I done? Because she was trying <laughs> she to do, like... like was, it was a joke. It was a demonstration of, like, how you speak to someone badly and how it makes them feel. And oh. the girl <laughs> burst into tears. What a shame. And, like, that's going to have to do with people's voice. I just remembered it. <laughs> she, like... <laughs> Dobbing your teacher in it. She was... Yeah, exactly. She, I don't even know if she's still alive. <laughs> she, who knows? But she... <laughs> At the end of the day. It was truly, like, 20 years ago. But she literally made her burst into tears. And the whole class was like, that's shocking. Like, at lunchtime, the, the gossip was hilarious.
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Inside Voices. Come back next week when we talk about bringing back the passion to education. And remember, in here, we use our inside voices. Thank you.